I'm alright. You look good. Thank you. I, I think we should start doing videos. He's lying to you guys. So that all my audience can start seeing like how great my guests look. His other guests. I'm a hot mess. As <laughs> <laughs> a hot mess. You good? I'm good. What's happening? Um, we're gonna have a very interesting conversation. That's what's up. And I mean that's what we do on this show. I feel like you're putting me under pressure. Really? Why? I I also feel like you do really well on pressure, especially <clears throat> for people that follow you on Twitter. I don't know why everybody seems to think that. Maybe it's just I don't know. Maybe you just like Maybe you, I undermine that I can actually work well under pressure. Let's see how it goes. Never know. <laughs> <laughs> so for those who do not know who Lerato Manya is, do you mind telling us about yourself? Sure. Where do I start? Um I'm a troll. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I am a social media manager at Black, which is obviously Salsi's new entertainment platform. Um, I am an editor-in-chief for MadisonJ.com. I have written for Huffington Post um, USA. I've also been featured on Thought Catalog. Chief, been on numerous um, TV shows, YFM, um, mm. for like influencer type at that point in time we're calling it twilibs <laughs> and yeah like I yeah, pretty much that's kind of the gist of who I am I'm literally pulled on so I am a wild person pretty much and and, right. and most of these things that you have done like resides in digital space correct yes 100% mm, and what uh, do you think woman's role in digital space is I actually feel like Women, sh we, we have the power to shape the way in which information is spread and sent out and shared. Um, the reason I say that is because a lot of people with the movements that they jump onto, they tend to forget um, that most of the founders of the movements, especially I'll give you like an example like UOKSIS or Oscar So White. UOKSIS was actually mm -hmm. start, uh, started by Feminista Jones online. Um, Oscar So White was started by April Rain, who's also was also started from online. So I think women have a power in shaping the way that conversations happen, and it's given us more freedom and more space to actually say what we really feel and to give um, each other support in the messages that we're trying to share. Mm. So do you do you do you feel like women, or do you think women uh, in the digital space are actually being celebrated enough? I think it's a cast 22. Um, I think we're being celebrated more than what we were before. Okay. So it's, it's a developing process. It's happening, but it's happening slowly. Um, I find women are not as celebrated as quickly as what men are. And I'll just give you like a basic example. Like we have to almost push a movement, um, the mute R. Kelly movement, for example. We have to push a movement for years before it gets any sort of like big traction or is publicized the way that it is versus something happening and, and, I, and the basic example is that in the MAGA kit um, he blew up in the space of 24 hours mm. but with a, a movement that is so impactful and is so serious like Mute R. Kelly it's taken years to get the level of public publicized um, kind of coverage uh, more so than what something like that would get so it's, it's it's growing, but it's not growing fast enough, mm. and we're getting the, the the leverages and the levels that we want to get to, but it's not there yet. Mm. And I think it's going to take a, a couple more years before we get to that point. Do you do you think that's that's because um, 
men have a very important role to play in either helping women get the message out or actually muting them. 100%. Um, <laughs> a lot of the things that women complain about do require men to being an integral part of it because we mm. can't change systems by ourselves. The sy systems are not designed by us. Therefore, we have a say, but it's not enough of a say to change the system so that there's more of a balance. And that's what you find, and that's why you see so many women saying patriarchy will never be eradicated if men don't come to the party mm. because that's the reality. The, the rules and regulations were designed and set up by men. They've been in the system for so long by men. We as women have grown up in it, so we've reinforced it, and we have to start unlearning and unpacking. And once you start unlearning and unpacking, that comes back to, okay, we've learned and unlearned. Now we have to go back to educating men. And if men don't come to that party, it's a dead, it's like a, a standstill. So you, you, we do need men. We do need men to kind of back us up and kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's also a privilege thing because men have a privilege that women don't have. And so for a lot of men, giving up that privilege or giving up that power is not something they're really willing to do. And they're not ready to do because mm. then they kind of it's kind of like saying okay well there's food on the table i know you don't have food i'm gonna eat it all and then you kind of eat halfway and then you kind of like okay wait let me mm. give you and then you're like no actually no i don't want to give you anything so it's 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 literally it's like dangling a carrot in front of uh, of, of, a, of a donkey for example and then just pulling it away that's what it's like and we have to get to a point where men come to the party because if both sides don't do anything how how do we um, as content creators and creatives or just entrepreneurs use the digital space to get across narratives like this, to get across narratives that change society and influence society in a way that um, it actually brings change? Sheesh. Um, so from my perspective, and maybe it's just something that it's just maybe it's a personality thing. Um, what I'm seeing a lot of on social is curated content. Um, everyone's got, like, there's a set style and there's a set format mm. and, you know, it's I've got to put out a specific image in order for people to be able to... It all looks the same. It's, it's mundane. Mm. That's what it is. It's mundane. There's no... It almost feels like there's no life. There's no, there's no creativity. There's no passion. Everybody looks the same. Everybody sounds the same. Everybody's Instagram account looks the same. Everyone's Twitter feed looks the same. Everyone's too scared to say this and say that. And, and you know, mm. we're going we're gonna to passively, aggressively play this game where we, we put out this beautiful image, but in the background, it's just chaos. Mm. Um, and that's, that's what a lot of people do. And that works for them. I unfortunately don't fall into that personality kind of space. And the reason why I don't is because I'm very vocal and I speak about all the ups and the downs, all the bullshit and all the great shit. Like I speak about it all because that's just the kind of person I am. So what you see on my social media pages is not too far from who I am as a person. So what I, what I, what I feel like is that we as content creators have to get to a point where we're more honest about who we are. And we're not filtering who we are so that it looks cool. You know, mm. looking cool is one thing, but people are more often than not going to tie back to, um, what's the word? They're going to tie back to experience and something that tugs on them emotionally. I'll give you a very basic example. That Ujua Gang tweet, <laughs> that tweet's been trending. We are like mm. almost a month later and yeah. it's still trending. It's because of the stories that are coming out of that. Authenticity. Out of, it's authenticity. Mm. It's it's real it's an emotional time people always say oh no you know you don't need to show people that you feel you don't need to show people that you care you don't need to you know 
But guys, we're a human being. Exactly. Emotion is the core of who we are. Mm. It's it's how we relate to each other. It's why things like physical touch and you know like um, like communication is so important because we need that. Mm. It's you. Your body is having an emotional response. And emotional doesn't mean it come. It's coming from the heart because everything comes from your brain. Your brain is pretty much your function, your whole function for your human body. That emotional tie is in your brain. We need it. And so I like seeing the mundane content on most days, but on most days, it doesn't make me feel anything. Mm. I don't get anything from it. That's why you find things like kids freaking out in front of a toy as so excited because it gives you an emotional mm. response. You find things like kids running up to their dad and hugging their dad and she's like, you know, bouncing back and forth. That's an emotional response and people don't get that, you know. Something, the, one of the things that I saw the other day and it actually it upset me, I think I saw it this morning, where there was a tweet um, by a guy and he basically spoke about how women want to dictate how the conversation for rape should happen between men. I, th- I think I saw a tweet that said uh, women o- over-exaggerate yes. rape. There was, there, was, there, was, there was that one, and then there was this one, right? Mm. And, you know, it's not that we're, tr- we're trying to own the conversation. It's that what happens and what we've seen and what we've experienced is men that... Men don't listen. Men, no, it's not even... <laughs> men listen. They listen. They don't hear. Mm. They don't, they don't hear what you're actually saying. So you're listening because you want to say something. You're not listening because I'm trying to educate you. You're not listening because you're trying to be informed. You're listening because you just want to find loopholes in what I'm saying mm. so that you can come back and say, no, 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 but. And, and it, it's, it's, it's one of those situations where it infuriates us. It infuriates us because those loopholes are what other men say do and how they find gaps in violating us and that's why it's rape is such a big issue in this country that's why we get so tired of saying guys your friends are rape apologists your friends you don't even know if your friend has actually raped someone you like you, mm. you wouldn't know that stuff because mo- most women are so scared to come out about that thing and men not hearing us is extremely frustrating you are in the society in, in your whole society black women are generally at the bottom of the food chain for everything you have to work almost 300 times harder just to get someone to listen to what you're saying, you know. And it's, it's something as basic as how can you be an advocate for rape when you've never been raped? I'm a woman. I know what it's like to walk through a mall and have to keep a look and like you're anxious the whole time walking through the mall with earphones because you don't want to speak to a man because you don't know how he's going to respond to you. Mm. You don't want to walk to the bathroom by yourself because you don't know if someone is waiting for you inside the toilet stall where they could drag you and rape you or they could drag you and sell you into human trafficking. You know, it's men think their concerns is like, yeah, well, we don't understand why you guys are scared. And then you start speaking about, oh, yeah, but you know, this guy beat up this person and this guy got killed for interjecting and, and, Men don't understand that men are the problem. Would you say digital has almost um, increased the rate that women are abused or judged? I think it's brought to light a lot of things that women were keeping to themselves. Mm. I think men men are generally of the belief or maybe just people in general of the belief that this stuff wasn't happening before at such alarming rates it was it's just now we've got people who are able to tell their own stories in spaces that allow them to actually share these kind of stories before it was 
this happened to you, you go to the police station, it ends there. Mm. Now you can go and tell someone on social and say, this is my story, or you can share your story, and it gets picked up by one account, and it becomes like this whole viral thing where you've got women sharing stories. And I'll, I'll give you an example. Casey Waves posted a tweet, um, I think it was like last year, and it was he basically asked women like what is the their worst experience with men and mm. when you read those stories i mean that that was like it was a basic question but when you read the stories you get to the core of the fact that a lot of women just want that space to be able to say this happened to me this is something i'm still dealing with and digital has given us that space to actually be able to say oh my gosh i don't have to keep this inside anymore i can i've got a mm. an outlet you know i can say it and and that's one of the things that I, I don't appreciate about a lot of people on social media. They're always saying, well, and, and someone actually tweeted this the other day. She basically said that, um, how can you expect people to not have an opinion on your life when you use social media as a diary? And I said, what is so wrong with being able to verbalize what you're feeling and being mm -hmm. able to get it off your chest? What is so wrong with that? If it means that you've gotten it off your chest, you've dealt with it, okay, now you take it forward. You deal with it however in whatever space you're in. Why do we want people to keep suffering in silence? Like, what is, what is that innate like, need for us to keep saying, you know what, rather keep it to yourself, rather keep quiet? It's because we've been taught that. It's mm. because we've been taught that when something happens to you, your immediate response should be to keep it to yourself and keep quiet, and you internalize it. And that's why we've got such a violent society. Our society is violent because a lot of people are suffering internally, and they don't know what to do with the internal pain, so they start mm. acting out like externally. And... and you know, w what you're actually saying is so true because just looking at um, the entrepreneurial landscape, you know, looking at the creative landscape, I think a lot of us are going through shit and we're internalizing it. You know, we are romanticizing what yep. um, we are going through and what entrepreneurship is. And just going back to being able to share your story because I feel like the digital space, you know, social media has actually become um, like a content bearer for a lot of stuff that's happening yeah. in media, you know? Yeah. I mean, they've started stealing content from us now, you know? Brother, they've been doing this since 2012. Like, I've been seeing y'all on radio taking topics from my time, man. I've been seeing it. And how how important is it for, <clears throat> for a creator, uh, for an influencer, you know, um, for a creative to, to be able to share their personal experience and do you do you think that brands now are not looking at that anymore so <laughs> it's it's quite interesting that you, you asked that question because i had like a whole thread i think maybe two two and a half three years ago where i was just so frustrated by the way in which black women in um in rural areas or in townships are actually depicted in advertising now i've been mm. in advertising i've been a creative i've been a creative my whole life but i've been in advertising since 2009 mm. so it's we're 10 years in the game now right and you see the same cycle over and over and over and over again and advertising what a lot of people don't understand is a manipulation game mm. advertising is manipulation we're we're trying to entice you into buying into something selling a right? perception yeah we're selling a perception um and <laughs> I remember because it, it frustrated me so much because I was just like, I have never seen this. I have never actually seen this in any of the households, black households that I've been to, mm. as a very basic example. I've never seen my mother dance while she's doing washing, ever. 
never. My aunt, never. I've never seen it. Not even with music in the background. Nothing, nothing. I've never seen her get out of a taxi, dancing. I've never seen that. Where did this perception come from? Where did this... Someone somewhere decided that this is how black people are. And they ran with it. And now, what I'm seeing more of is... As young black creators, and I'm so thankful for it, we're actually saying, actually, that's not how it is. Mm. <clears throat> and and it's important that a lot of brands start paying attention to that because a lot of brands don't want to get involved in the social discourse. The social discourse is where it's at. And the reason why it's where it's at is because that's where you're going to affect the most change. Mm. And it's something as basic as open up the industry. How can you as a brand or in the space that you're in help with that? How mm. do you solve that problem? People don't think about that. And that's, that's what a lot of brands are scared of. Um, Nando's, Nando's has done exceptionally Amazing. well. Amazing. Nando's gets it. But Nando's, they don't take it a step further. Do you understand what I'm saying? So from, huh. from a perception, it's like, okay, Nando's puts out this really great post. It gets the engagement that it's supposed to get. It's great. What now? Because mm. then it dies down. So for us as creators, it's very important for us to actually tell our stories and to be open and honest about our stories because what we are dealing with now is possibly going to go into the next generation. I mean, I've seen it with my brother. My brother is an incredible sound engineer. Like, that's his passion. It's literally all he's lived for. It's all he breathes. But he is not aware of the struggles that come into breaking into the kind of local and entertainment industry Mm. that we have. So these are things that kids don't pick up immediately. You learn it when when you're in the industry already. So... It's things like that. As a creative, it's it's important for you to give the reality so that the next generation or the current generation can actually have a space to say, okay, guys, this is what we're dealing with. How do we fix it? Mm. How do we as a unit fix it? Because we're not going to fix it in when if there's only one of us sitting at the table. And I think that's important. We have to find a way to get more of us at the table. Like there's always that, and I'm just going to call it how I see it, there's always that one black person that seems to want to play gatekeeper mm. that doesn't want to eat with the rest of us exactly. they just want to eat by themselves <laughs> and it's like nigga those guys are community. ruled by corporate yeah. heads but, but the, 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 re- the reality is this even in a corporate space you don't have to sell your blackness mm. you don't have to sell your blackness you do not have to assimilate to whiteness in order to be heard what you need to be is true to who the hell you are mm. and when you're true to who you are everybody else will get to a point where they're listening mm. that's the most important and that's why integrity is so important people think integrity is just a game no it's not Integrity is going to impact the current generation. It's going to impact the next generation. It's going to impact generations four generations from now. So how can it not be important? Hmm. You know, you've been in the advertising space for a good 10 years now, as you said, right? What does it take for a creative to succeed in an industry that is so fast-paced? You have to be open to change. You have to be open to change. You have to keep looking at the next thing. Like, it's so weird because when I tell people where I started out, they're just like, how did you do the crossover? I started out, I studied graphic design. Mm. I had made a decision at 17 that I'm going to be a graphic designer. This is just what it is. That's how it's going to go. 17, 19, 21, we worked at um, brand activation at Ogilvy. And it was quite interesting because that was such a, like, a life-changing experience for me. I did design until 2012 and in that period I was playing around with a lot of like digital and online websites Mm. you know it was Facebook and then came Twitter and then you know like it's just been one thing after that and I was like okay I like this okay I'm not really a fan of this you know and 
that adaptability is the reason why my portfolio looks the way that it does. It's the reason why I can say, well, I mean, I went to New York for vacation and I ended up at WBLS and I ended up at Hot 97 and I did a podcast on the Combat Jack show. It's literally just adaptability and it's that willingness to actually learn. I mean, I've, I've never heard a person say, I went to New York on vacation and I ended up at like hanging out at Hot 97. Like, mm. it doesn't happen. It's not a story it's not something that really happens i have never heard a person say well i went to new york and this person that i was speaking to on twitter just decided to have a an ice cream shop shout out to combat jack and premium pete um it, i mean that was, it was a weird experience like i went to new york we were at the 9-11 memorial combat jack sent me a dm on some hey where you at it's like nine he's like oh you're like just around the corner come through mm-hmm. i was like um okay cool went there we hang out he comes in, he's like, okay, cool. He's like, okay, I'm going to put you on the podcast. So first South African on his podcast, yeah. right? Then he was like, okay, what are you doing now? I was like, no, we're going to go and hang out and like do some side things. Like, and I was like, I hate the food here. Like if there's one thing I miss about home, it's that. And he was like, oh no, let me take you to a dope spot for food. And I was like, okay, cool. We went downtown. We had food, amazing food. He, he did well there. I won't lie. He did really well there. <laughs> And then I was like, okay, it's time to go home. He's like, no, I know you love ice cream, so let me take you to this ice cream place. He had the owner of the ice cream place at 2 o'clock in the morning come and open it. You don't hear stories like that. But because people are so stuck in their rigidness and in their ways, they're not willing to transform and develop with the world. And I think that's one of the key things for me that has happened is I'm always willing to, like, try something new. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But you've got to be able to be comfortable with falling. You've got to be able to deal with the hard knocks and, you know, the breaking points and then figuring out how to bounce back from it because that's the only way you're going to survive. If you do not develop a survival skill, survival skills, you're going to stay stuck. You're going to get bored. You're going to get frustrated. And that's one of the things I went from graphic design into social media, into writing, back into social media. You know, it's and when I look at my portfolio now, I can literally sit in the office and say, okay, what do you guys need help with? And I'm. I can find something to do. Mm. I don't have to sit there and be bored because I can be like, okay, let me do this design work. Oh, you need help with copy. Let me write the copy. Oh, what else do you need? You need me to assess social media. I can do that. You know, it's, you've got to find a way to tie in all of your skills and develop and build from that. Dope conversation. <laughs> Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> this is another episode of Pioneers vs. Pretenders. I'm your host, Joe Human, and we are out. We are out, right? I think so. <laughs> yeah. Can we go get a drink now? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs>